On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, the Pelican season gets underway. Does the city even notice? Plus, we've got the Saints coming out of their bye week, getting a whole bunch of players back. Where do they stand? We've got a lot of local news, including LaToya calling you an idiot for living here. That and so much more on this week's Polk and Kush. Stick around. Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Cush. It's October 20th, 2021, and opening night is upon us. Scott Kushner here alongside my good pal, Mr. Andrew Polk. How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. It's opening night for those of you listening to this. For the NBA. For the NBA. Uh, Well, when you're listening to this, it'll be opening night for the Pelicans. Uh, It's a great time. It's a lot of uh, mid-October where all the sports converge simultaneously. Uh, What could be better? And I am officially excited to watch this team i don't know if anybody else is but i certainly am excited to watch this team i'm excited to watch a lot of sports right now the uh world series is happening also um, yeah or the the was it the nl yes okay i, I call like, baseball like, I, miss <laughs> I call the baseball playoffs the world <laughs> series <laughs> it's like the, it's the super bowl yeah you know my mom calls tv shows her stories yeah. <laughs> i call all baseball oh. playoffs, the World Series. I call all baseball games. Like I went to the, you know, Carrollson Playground World Series. World Series, baby. <laughs> it sounds better. Most people don't pick up on it. They're just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I bet you did. Put a little urgency on that thing. It's fun, though. I'm excited. I'm glad it's here. Uh, this is a team of questions, and it's time to answer those questions. Uh, before we get into the doom and the gloom, sure. or... Or the opposite. Or, yeah. Rainbows, pots of gold. How was your week? What'd <laughs> it you was do? wonderful. I, you went uh, up to Tennessee, uh, threw some batteries. I and I went to Tennessee, brought my uh, my best titleists, uh, was, got, got, almost hit Lane Kiffin in the head. Uh, no, I did go to the, uh, to the, the, the Vols Ole Miss game. It was uh, a lot of fun. That was like a, the craziest atmosphere I've been in uh, since probably the Saints Tennessee Championship game. Uh, it was a hell of a scene. It was a fun game. And then it turned into just like absolute insanity. Um, but yeah, it was good to be like part of a big time college football thing. Like it had been so long since I'd done that. And there really is nothing like that in sports, like a really big college football game on a campus. Now, did you feel in danger at any point? No. (laughs) Whenever you got back to New Orleans? Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) <laughs> driving driving home from the airport i felt in danger uh no i mean it was a uh it was an intense crowd though it was definitely like it felt on edge the whole night like everyone was uh, very drunk and everyone was like getting very emotional about the refs and i was like you guys care a lot about a team that has going to accomplish nothing in the season you know like this isn't the super bowl this isn't like the sec champions or the number one team in the country it's like 
this is a team that is not going to finish with probably a winning record anyway. And uh, the passion is just very extreme. And I think it's because the first time Tennessee's been bad for a long time. And so then they have any glimmer of hope. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, just full on wild intensity. It was I mean, I'm trying to think of any other sporting event. Like, compare that to, like, a Pelicans game. It's, like, the different universes, you know? It seemed more like WrestleMania than a Pelicans (laughs) game. (laughs) Yes, that is accurate. I mean, it was very... And, again, I am a Vols... I'm a UT alum. I'm a Vols fan. The emotion of it struck me. I was surprised uh, about, you know, 15 minutes into the game. I was like, oh, these people are pissed. I was like, they are really into this game. And you were you were in the Squid Game box section. You were able to watch from afar <laughs> and see all the scum of the earth kill each other. <laughs> I was in rich people's seats, but in the mix. Okay. So I was in, like, sideline seats, but we were very much... I was in, like, the, uh, the part of the stadium that was built in, like, 1920, you know? Oh, okay. Where it's like, you can't walk down the aisle to get out of the section unless the people stand on the bleachers. There's no wheelchair ramp in that <laughs> section. I mean, I, they actually had uh, little signs for like, if there's a fire, go this way. I was like, if there's a fire, everyone's dead. Because this building was built to hold 12,000 people 95 years ago. I was like, and now there's 104,000 people here. So I don't think we're getting out. Well, I'm glad you made it out alive. <laughs> glad out you're alive. back. Polk and Kush remains a two-man operation. That's true. How was your weekend? It was fine. Yeah. No football sucks because it's like, you know, it's Sunday. It's noon. I'm yeah. sober. <laughs> I'm getting all this stuff done. I'm like, is this because I'm like my life is so much better when I'm not 11 beers deep as the sun is rising. I was doing errands. I'm emailing people. I'm working on stuff. I'm like, man, this sucks. <laughs> this is your real norm core on a Sunday on, on the bye week. I wish I was watching the Saints lose to the Giants <laughs> while paying for expensive poison that makes me say stupid things. That's a much better... Now, days like that just show you like how much better your life would be if you just made a few changes and it's like I'm not going to make this. <laughs> it's like I'm very clear-eyed about the choice like the fork in the road is right in front of me yeah. and I know what the right choice is but I don't want to make that. Yeah, choice. I'm putting that fork in the outlet. <laughs> it was fun though. It was nice to kind of have a little weekend off, relax. You yeah. Know, I got nothing to complain about anymore. The yeah. the home situation is fine. They've Filled everything up um, <laughs> outside with bodies, but now my car doesn't fall into a gulch. It just kind of crunches over people, but that's fine. It is definitely still like uh, Caracas out there yeah. uh, and on, on the Polk Street uh, in the front of the Bud Light Lime studio. Uh, the tires are gone, though, so that's positive. And uh, we're going to have NBA basketball in town starting in... A couple hours, man. Uh, it doesn't feel as if the city is ready for NBA basketball. I don't think anybody has noticed that the Pelicans are starting their season uh, Wednesday night. Uh, But it is here. And this Philadelphia 76ers, the reigning number one seed, but a lot of you will be listening to this uh, after the game has been played. But it is exciting for us that the season is actually underway. Yeah, um, Philadelphia is coming to New Orleans. They're not going to drive. They're going to have to take like a direct shuttle from the airport to the stadium. They're going to black out the window. <laughs> Don't look anywhere. 
Everything's fine. Nothing's on fire. There aren't just stacks of carcasses and garbage <laughs> on the side of the road. Just get to the stadium and play. And uh, Ben Simmons may or may not be part of that. Yeah, sure. So uh, he got thrown out of practice. Little uh, drama today. Doc Rivers, uh, who does not strike me as uh, uh, an irrational or hot-headed man. Nope. Uh, ben Simmons did not want to participate in some kind of defensive drill, which is the only thing he can do, so that's not good. No, nope. yeah, that's, uh, if you don't want to do the one thing that you like. It wasn't uh, a three-point shooting drill. <laughs> it wasn't a layup line. It was defending, Yes. which is, that's right. what he's there for. Well, he didn't you, want to do it. Yeah, about what you Doc, can do. Doc had him hit the road. Uh, we've mentioned, you know, Rich Paul on this before. This is, this is what happens when a player takes Rich's Rich Paul's advice of being a baby, not uh, living up to your end of uh, your contract to get whatever you want. Yep. And that's fine if you are one of the greatest players in a city that likes you. Sure. Ben Simmons is maybe the first Rich Paul example of a not incredible superstar. Uh Uh-huh. Acting this way. Yeah. And people aren't happy. No. I mean, it's just pure visceral hate and the fact that Joel Embiid of all people who is the franchise over there is just like I don't give a shit about this guy I think what he said today was like I don't even bother with him man he's like he can he's gonna do whatever he wants to do we're we're all over here he's over there yeah this is the way it is yeah he basically said I'm not concerned with that man yeah and that is a uh, a pretty powerful statement I, I mean as bad as I think the Michael Thomas stuff got last year here, like that's probably the closest example. Never did anyone of the Saints be like, fuck that guy. We're all we're all we're all on this side of the fence and he's on that one. Like that never came close to happening. And it's and the only time that's ever happened was really with Anthony Davis made a trade demand. And even then his teammates were like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, no, we understand. Like, it's fine. Yeah, well, they weren't the number one seed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that is that, that is changes true. things. Um, but uh, will that make a difference? The 76ers coming in? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. This is a solid team um, yes. that has been playing a high level of basketball for a long time. They have a great coach and they're playing a depleted Pelicans team. Uh, any glimmer of hope of victory uh, revolving around Ben Simmons not being there, I think is uh, a tad misguided. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll think about it as far as the whole week, but it really, this game is obviously going to be uh, challenging uh, to start the season. I think everybody knew that from the onset. Uh, not having Zion really does change the complexion of this team. And it's not just because you're missing your best player. It's that they've kind of built the whole roster around Zion. And now you look at this team. I was just staring at the roster going like, I don't know who's supposed to bring the ball up. Is that Devontae Graham's job? Is that Brandon Ingram's job? I don't think the ball's going to move if Brandon Ingram is the guy. Like, no. I don't know who, like, is Thomas Sadoransky? Is it, it might, I think it's going to end up being Garrett Temple. And God bless Garrett Temple. He's a nice guy, but he's not. He shouldn't be doing that for a team that's good. And uh, we still don't know the starting lineup. No, not as of, uh, of of Tuesday night as we're recording. It could honestly be like a combination of about eight different guys. Which uh, is not great for this team. <laughs> no, you would think you'd want a pretty clear cut. 
I mean, Willie Greens is going to play what between ten and eleven guys. Ten and eleven players. Are there that many? Are there eleven guys on the team? <laughs> I mean, Willie's going to be checking himself in. I mean, the Swiss Army knife, I guess, is ten or eleven. Come on bad, over, Taysom. Ten or eleven uh, bad weapons. That's 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 <laughs> the, the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Uh, look. I don't want to make sweeping judgments on who this team is. I don't think we know who this team is. I think it'll be very hard for them to win without Zion playing well uh, or playing at all. Uh, They're in a tough spot. I mean, it's very difficult to foresee where they're at. And right now, we don't know anything about Zion. Like, we when we talked last week, I think we were both, like, skeptical he was going to miss the opener. But it wasn't like, ah, we'll give you no information other than he's getting more tests. And now that's really all we've gotten is like, hey, in a couple of weeks, we'll get more tests. Yeah. So that's not a good sign. Since the last episode, uh, this was not the first time in Polk and Kush history where we have asked a question <laughs> and then it was answered like moments after the pod. Uh, they're, they're listening. Yes, uh, they know. They're waiting. <laughs> they're waiting. They're like, we, we have to respond to the 48... 48- criminals <laughs> to the 48 guys on a tugboat that somehow downloaded a podcast we have to answer uh no they came out and they uh well griff lied uh griff Definitely. griff backpedaled and was like well what i secretly meant was that was the most insulting thing i could imagine to do to, to a fan base you know what would have been funny if he had come out and backtracked while he was playing the piano. <laughs> Gives you a little Zach Galifianakis going on. He played that Beatles song backwards and said, Paul is dead, you know? Like, uh, yeah, Zion is healthy. <laughs> he says it backwards. It's hidden. If you play the record backwards. <laughs> Loving you. Uh, I, that was unbelievable that. Griff came out and basically said, no, when I said back by the regular season, I meant just he wouldn't miss the whole season. And it's like, that would actually be like relatively believable. If not 10 minutes later, Zion said, I'll be back for the season opener. It's like, you guys were off of, uh, you guys were giving a six month range. Is that what you're telling me? You're off by that much. Like you're saying it's not uh, out for the season. And he's saying he'll be back in 10 days. Like these are two wildly different things. Uh, so it's completely not believable. That's actually what Griff meant. He's just trying to cover his own ass with semantics. I don't understand what it gained him. All he had to say is, look, I screwed up. I was super optimistic. I thought things were going to go like on the very best timetable that we had available to us. He probably could have come back. It was probably too optimistic. I'm sorry for getting ahead of myself. I'm sorry if I misled anybody. That's it. And then it's over and it's flush and it's done with. And instead he made it worse because he always makes it worse. Yeah. He always, every time he talks, he makes it worse. Well, clearly, the f- I, I don't think the fans trust him right now. And him no. acting that way tells me that the organization doesn't trust him either. Yeah. The only reason he would lie like that is to try and save face, like, interpersonally or behind the scenes. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? We're not going to go to Griff's house and burn it down. No. It's not going to stop people from going to the games if they know Zion's out. They People don't care why. Sure. If you're not telling the truth, you're hiding something for a reason. Yeah. In, in that situation. All it's done 
right, is a road trust the next time they give an update. The next time they're like, don't worry, everything's on track. He'll be back in X amount of time. No one's going to believe him. And it's not like everybody believed him this time. No. Everybody was already skeptical. Yeah. So this is another another uh, shovel full of dirt he's digging out of that hole. It's it just... I also don't understand why Zion is not talking. I know he doesn't have to by the rules uh, because he is injured. There's no obligation necessarily for him to talk. But you would think with the amount of stuff swirling about him, of everyone calling him fat, this pe- I mean, this picture of like him from the from the uh, draft night to now, that's like blown up with this like two pictures next to each other. Everybody's saying he's, I mean, a lot of people, you know, grumbling that he's lazy, that he's not with the team, that he's not working out. There's so many rumors that he could put to bed so easily by just talking, and he's just declining to do so, which only exacerbates it further. So I don't quite understand why he doesn't want to get in front of it. I know he's frustrated by these anonymous sources kind of leaking stuff out about him. There's one way to remove that. And it's just to go ahead and talk. It's really not very complicated. I don't understand Zion's public positioning at all. Right well, now. he um, he has been with the team um, in situations where he didn't have to be. He was at the open practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he has been at some practices. Yeah, he's been there. Yeah. The obligated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he um, seems to be doing what he's supposed to do. Sure. Um, would he... If he can, if he talked to the media and said, "Hey, here's what's going on," uh, it would be probably a more accurate version than Griff. If he's not coming to the media yeah. and saying that stuff, there's probably a reason why. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a kind of skepticism that you get when you keep lying to your fan base over and over uh-huh. and getting the same result over and over. Like, you know, it it seems like Zion probably has. Uh, maybe a little more inclination of a timeline, uh, some idea of a timeline more than uh, anybody else would. Yeah, they don't want him to say a word. He's not going to say yeah. it. They <laughs> they've told Zion to shut up. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I don't know if they've told him. I, it only benefits them if he talks. I don't think he wants to talk though. I can't understand. I can't figure out exactly what. It doesn't benefit them if he talks and says, "Well, I don't know where the fuck two weeks came from." Well, that would be bad, but I don't think he did because he said the same thing. Well, it's it. The whole thing is very frustrating. And look, if you lie to people and you win, no one cares. Yeah, they don't. The Sean Payton lies constantly. Sean Payton lies like, you know, he's just checking the time like there's no he doesn't give a shit. And nobody cares because he mostly wins. He's a good coach and whatever. It's like he, you know, all the whole quarterback competition was a joke. Three quarters of the stuff with Michael Thomas was totally hidden and whatever. Like it is uh, Sean Payton lies pathologically. And he kind of knows that we know that he lies all the time. And it doesn't matter. Uh, This is a different story. That guy has equity built up. He has trust built up. People believe in what he's doing no matter what. This is the exact opposite, where no one believes in anything the Pelicans are doing. And until they win games, uh, it's going to stay that way. And so it makes this season so, so pressure-packed, right? Yeah, and I don't know if that trust comes back with the team winning. We've said so much that blank depends on this team winning. This team just has to win. Yeah. 
But that kind of trust in Griff, I think, is probably gone. Even if the team, <laughs> yeah, people will forget mm-hmm. why they were that they are upset with him. Yes. But the next time he comes out and says anything that yeah. isn't exactly what you want to hear, you're you're probably going to. Uh, I don't know. Have some seeds of doubt. In well, that. yeah, it's when he says things that you do want to hear. You go like, well, is that bullshit? When he's like, Jackson Hayes is an outstanding whatever and doing this and this. It's like, I I, I want to believe that's true. I want to believe that Jackson Hayes has taken this giant leap and that he's you know moved into this whole different direction. It's like, but I don't believe any of that until I see it. Right. I don't believe, you know, Brandon Ingram is the greatest leader since the Pharaohs. Like, I don't believe that until I watch it unfold. Like all these things that I think you took at face value, maybe the first year and maybe a little bit last year, all of that's gone now. And so they've got to earn it. They've got to earn it all back. And look, I think the fans here and the people here are speaking with their feet a little bit. The secondary market for this game for the season opener. Hey, if you love NBA basketball in this city and you want to go see games, this is this time is for you, baby. <laughs> I mean, there are club seats available for opening night for forty bucks. There are sweet tickets I saw available for thirty. Uh, people have spoken with their wallets a little bit. Now, I think some of it's the COVID protocol, some of it's general, you know, hard times here. Uh, but a lot of it is also people just being like, "I'm gonna wait until things are better before I start making my investment." What was it that you post? It was a it was a thirty dollar sweet ticket, twenty seven dollar sweet tickets. Normally, I don't know. I have sweet costs a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know what face on that on the actual ticket is, but the suite itself is very expensive. Now that doesn't come with the food and drinks and all that stuff, yeah. but it's just it is it is uh, just kind of telling that that is what that's. Called. I promise you, you're not going to find a cheaper one of those in the NBA, dude. The Pelican ticket night. sales. There's some. I think his name is Andrew. He emails me like every day with some absurd. You know, he's like only four hundred dollars to see the Kings. Come on, Alvin will be back. Four hundred bucks. Let's go. I'm like, dude, you know I can go to StubHub. I know. And check this out. I had a. I had one person from the Pelicans ticket office add me on LinkedIn. Uh huh. I was like, okay, you know, we have some mutual friends. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, something. And they messaged me and they were like, hey. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> I've let the fox in the hen house here. <laughs> I was like, hello? And they were like, uh, how do you reward your employees? <laughs> Think about a night at the Smoothie King Center. I'm like, I don't have any employees. I wouldn't take them to see the fucking Atlanta Hawks on a Tuesday if I did. I don't need to punish my employees yeah. and maybe hang out for three hours with me and watch the king cake, baby. Yeah, we know? have a suite. No, there's no open bar. You still <laughs> have to pay $18 for a uh, voodoo. What is it? The Faubourg the black voodoo. And voodoo whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I, I, the support in this city is going to be challenging for a while. Uh I think there was the expectation when Zion got drafted, like, okay, problem solved. We got this mega superstar. And for a year, he sold tickets. And then it comes to a point where, like, he's not the shiny new toy anymore. No matter what it is, you've got to make this interesting. You've got to make it a fun product. It has to be a fun time. I think last year took a lot of people out of the picture that had been buying Pelican season tickets 
because it's what they did. They had just been buying them for the last you know, mm-hmm. decade, and then you took a lot of people out of that, and then it's hard to get them back in, especially when, hey, if you want to go to the game tomorrow night, it's 20 bucks yeah, and to sit in the lower bowl, and it's like, that's hard to sell against. Like That's really hard to fight against your own market. Yeah, season tickets, that's the original subscription service, and yeah. then when you get out of it and have a little more money, mm-hmm. pocket strings are a little bit tighter, everything's more expensive, Yep, it's hard to go, you know what, I will spend $11,000 to go see this team suck. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. They've got their work cut out for them. <laughs> yeah, it's also like, okay, so you want how much money for a game in March? I have to pay for the game in March now? Yeah. It's like, why would I do that? Everybody I know with season obli- tickets always giving them away. Yeah. It's always. Like I have to obligate myself, and it's like, the reason you get season tickets, and, and I promise you the reason people buy LSU baseball tickets, the reason they get LSU football, people buy LSU football tickets for the Alabama game. Right. They buy baseball tickets for the Super Regional. They buy And you buy NBA season tickets to make sure you have playoff tickets. And if there's really not any thought of the playoff coming and to have the Lakers game and whatever, those handful of games that make a lot of money uh, and that go for a lot of money, other than that, it's hard. It's a hard sell. I do feel for the people at the Pelicans. It's not their fault. They're not marketing it wrong. They're not doing anything wrong as a sales staff. It is just a reality that there is not a lot of enthusiasm about this team right now. I do wonder if it changes. I wonder if it can change in the, throughout a season. I think it can. I think if they're really good starting in January, that people will buy in, and then at least weekend games will be a big deal, those kinds of things. But it's going to be an uphill climb. They very much have to prove themselves to people here who are dealing with a lot of shit, and the Pelicans are a pretty low priority in that. Now, is there any room here for maybe some kind of like special night, like bring your garbage to the Smoothie King Center <laughs> night? Remember, like, when you were a, ki- a kid, you'd take, like, a Pepsi can and you'd get to go to Six Flags for a dollar? Yeah. There should be, like, a, a filthy couch night at the Smoothie King Center. Bring your filthy couch. You get in for free. Yes. You can. You can bring. You guys can use that. You're listening. Use it. Bring in your, your uh, used crawfish shells, yeah. you know, all the bodies that you didn't use. Uh, you can bring a sack of those in, you know, like a... Uh, the canned goods, uh, man, they got to do something. It's very hard to attract people uh, to this right now. And I know it just, you know, like based on, you know, what the response to articles that we're writing in the paper and what Christian's doing and what I'm doing. And like, it's hard right now. And you would think this season would be easier than most because there's a lot of pressure on the season and the problems with LSU football that we've mentioned previously and the problem, the saints are not what the saints were. So and it's you like, weren't able to do anything last year. Yeah. And you, and you would think the idea of pent up demand, but I, it's just going to be a tough sell. I think, but look positive side. If you like going to NBA games and God knows if you're listening to this, you probably live in new Orleans and you probably like sports go crazy. Because this is going to be the best market you're ever going to have for buy, for getting into that arena. I mean, you're going to be able to get really nice tickets for less than $50 almost every single night. Absolutely. And if you park over by whatever that hotel is, there's a man named Stinky Leroy <laughs> with an ice chest. <laughs> He'll sell you a shot of Fireball just out of a hot bottle <laughs> for like a dollar. Go have a night. I think you can have a nice bush light on the walk. It'll be beautiful. Make it a date night. It'll be wonderful. So <laughs> that's the weirdest season preview you'll ever hear uh, for the Pelicans. But opening night, 
very exciting for us. Uh, very exciting for those of you who care about the Pelicans. Uh, I hope we have plenty to talk about this season. I know that we will. Uh, on the other side, we will take a quick break. We, of course, have a lot of Saints news. We've got Coach O getting fired and the reaction to that. All part of a local roundup. And then, of course, segments and the worst. So much more. Stick around right here. Pulled and good. That's J-A-N-S-E, and it's Jansen, Jansen Patagna, the real tour too. The stars, Jansen Patagna, everybody, that is J-A-N-S-E-N, Jansen Patagna, Jansen at French Quarter Realty. Your favorite realtor, my favorite realtor, everyone's favorite realtor, the handsomest, smartest, strongest, most brilliant, cleverest, and cunning realtor on the market. That's right, Jansen. Everybody's moving to New Orleans. (laughs) Anywhere you go, across Kuwait, Syria, Iraq... These people are saying, let's get to somewhere better. <laughs> let's go to New Orleans, Louisiana. Jansen sells property all over. It's not just New Orleans. It's it might be. I don't know. Yeah. So it's, it's around. Yeah. The 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 key point for Jansen is he will work with you. He will find your dream home in the neighborhood of your choice. Yes. These houses are beautiful. Yeah. They're not haunted. <laughs> no, at all. Unless you want that. Unless you want that. Looking to get out of Orleans Parish and move into Jefferson or the North Shore or Air- Jansen can take care of yeah. you. Looking to take advantage of getting back into the city? Jansen certainly got that too. Jansen has the whole metro region. He knows everybody. He knows everything. He understands the market. He knows the ups. He knows the downs. He understands what happened after a hurricane. He knows insurance. Jansen knows the whole game. You don't know anything. Jansen knows everything. Therefore, you hire Jansen. You get the knowledge that you don't have. Pretty goddamn simple. Check him out on Instagram, J underscore Patagna and FrenchQuarterRealty.com. You can give him an email, Jansen at FQR.com. Let him know what you're looking for, and he will help you out. Yes, Jansen, the first Best, last, only line of defense in this podcast. We love Jansen. You will love him, too. Look him up, call him, Instagram him, whatever you got to do. Tell him that we sent you. Jansen, that is a sponsor. Yeah. So the Saints, huh? Yeah. They didn't play. They didn't play. That was nice. I got so drunk on Sunday, I was like, did I miss the (laughs) Saints game? Shit. No, it was fun watching everybody on my uh, fantasy team become Mr. Glass. <laughs> Just get shattered into nothing. Dude, there's, I, I have the first year of kind of like of my, definitely of my adult life, but like of my conscious being of not playing fantasy football. Like I've played fantasy since like 98. Just forgot to do it this year. 
and I haven't missed it at all. This this is the lie of fantasy football. To get people into it, you go, well, it makes games you don't care about interesting. No, it makes <laughs> games you don't care about infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm yelling at David Montgomery. I don't know who the <laughs> fuck that is. I'm yelling at him. I'm mad at him now. That sucks. I don't want to watch the Bears play. <laughs> I want to watch Squid Game. Yeah, that's exactly. Did you go to a bar or anything to watch the games? No. No, I was at home. Nice. I was at home praying to my Michael Thomas Saint <laughs> Candle <laughs> that he would come back and give this team uh, an ounce of depth. Yeah, turns out probably not going to happen. Uh, reports starting to come out. Basically says, look, Thomas hadn't even practiced uh, yet. Obviously, he's been on the pup list, so he can't practice. Uh, and they're not really expecting him to come back now Monday night, even though he's getting off. Uh, and he is you know, available theoretically, but there's not an expectation he's back yet. He's got to get back, man. I mean, they, they are. I'm curious what it looks like with Jameis, but like their receivers are bad. They're yes. just flatly not good. And they've pieced together enough of an offense on most of these games to be able to give themselves a chance to win, with the exception of Carolina. Uh, but it's it's ugly. Pretty weird to think that with a few more uh, key receivers, the Saints could very easily be 4-1. Yeah. On a, on a, on a on paper, not great team. A yeah. team that is... Uh, you know, words like resilient and scrappy get thrown around a lot, and it usually doesn't mean anything. This is a team that I would say actually is because they don't have the greatest quarterback in the history of New Orleans football on the team anymore. Sure. Uh, so it is actually, I think, a, a, a founded thing to say that this team has been very resilient, very scrappy, and uh, getting a few pieces back will help them out uh, beyond measure. Uh, Traquan Smith... Uh, A.K.A. Michael Thomas too. <laughs> He'll be back. Get your Pro Bowl already. Traquan's coming back. Traquan's coming back. And the, the last couple of years, it's gone. Like people have been like, "This is Callaway's year. This is Traquan's <laughs> year. This is Callaway's." I don't know. Who, it's not going to be either of those guys next season. No. Uh, you know, it's going to be Troutman's year <laughs> next season. Uh, but what I'm getting at is there are some players are coming back. Uh, uh, Davenport, Marcus Davenport, he's coming back. Yeah, exciting. Yeah, you look thrilled. Yeah. Quan well, Alexander. He's never disappointed anybody before. I'm sure he'll stay on the field for the next uh, 11 games or whatever it is. No no doubt about it. Somebody should do like uh, like a fast like cut edit YouTube video of people saying this is going to be Marcus <laughs> Davenport's. You know, if I've seen some progress from anybody, you know, when he's healthy. <laughs> You could like interview. I, it'd be fun if there was like a Saints player that hadn't shaved since saying that, and you could just see the beard growing as they keep saying it every season. Like, hey, Marcus uh, Davenport, man, this is the year. I think he's gonna break out. Like, if he could stay healthy, yeah. It's all well, the, the, the defense has been the strong point for the team, and having him back in whatever form will be helpful. And Quan Alexander. Uh, is going to be Quan Alexander hasn't played a game for the Saints this season, correct? He played the first game. He played the first game. Well, he's back. Yeah. He's back. He's good. He's a good player. He uh, would have gotten us past the Bucks if he'd stayed healthy last season. Yes, instead of the goddamn anal zone. But uh, he got trapped in the anal zone during that game. But things are tracking up. Yeah. So I, 
I think there's a lot to look forward to with this team. We're in mid-October. We're kind of rounding the corner of where it's like, all right, we have like a real idea of who the contenders are, who they aren't in the NFL. The Saints right now, I, I think, kind of fall squarely in that middle region. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good enough, I think, most games to win. They could also, any given week, just, you know, blow a wheel and get blown out. And we don't really know which one's going to show up from week to week, but that's okay. Uh it's an interesting team to follow. The one good thing, though, is as you're mentioning, all these guys are getting back. So it does feel like a team that is going to be strengthening as the season moves forward, whereas a lot of these last three teams kind of came out, not necessarily the first couple of weeks, but like around this time is when they were playing their best football. Like The last three years, October, was where the Saints were like incredible. And even early November, they were just incredible. And then as the season wore along, they got worse. And I think this year's team will be at its best a couple of weeks from now when you've got Michael Thomas back and you've got Eric McCoy back when you've got Davenport. All these guys are an Onyemata. Like, you're going to start to get a full team closer to being back together. That, I think, will be a very interesting wrinkle to the end of the season. Yeah, the Saints uh, normally don't track that way as far as injuries go. Um, some good, like Tennessee, I think, was a good example of strengthening as the season went mm-hmm. on two seasons yeah. ago. And Tampa Bay was a great example of that last season. Definitely. The Saints are uh, in that position currently. Uh, today they added a little depth at running back, possibly, at least to the practice squad with Lamar Miller. He's a pro bowler from the Texans. Yeah, I can't believe he's still in the NFL. He's 45 years old. (laughs) It's always fun to be like, that old guy is 27. (laughs) What a miracle. Yeah. uh, No, I mean, anybody really, you know, the running back situation with Jones is. Tony Jones is still out. Yeah, and Kamara can only take so many carries. You got to get somebody else in there. He had a ton of touches in that Washington game. You're going to need to get him some relief. Uh, there are definite signs of like the next couple weeks feel like they are going to be defining in some way for where this yeah. team is, right? Like Monday night against Seattle without Russell Wilson feels like a really, really big game. Like that's a tough road game theoretically, but really without Russell Wilson there, it shouldn't be that tough of a game. Right. Uh, that's going to be very telling as to where the Saints are. And then look, you know, over the next couple of weeks, shit gets hard. Like, Buffalo is really good. They're coming here. Tampa's coming here. The Cowboys are coming here. And then the Saints obviously go to Tampa at some point as well. There's some really tough games in there. It means that these games against the bottom level, the midpoint and below, uh, you have to win them. Yeah, there are some games coming up. Uh, Atlanta, notably, That's yeah. both of those are must-win games. Definitely. Um, I think the Jets are on there at some point too. Like you've just, there are games on this schedule that it, this one feels a very clear like you're marking a W and an L next to it before the game even starts. Yeah, just looking at the schedule, it seems like win loss, win loss, win loss for the uh, rest of the season would be uh, accurate. Uh, the way this team has played against teams so far is baffling. Yeah. So I still don't know how they beat the Packers 38 to three. Yeah. Brutal beating as well. <laughs> I don't understand anything about what happened that game. Well, I, I'll take it. And, uh, you know, I'll take Lamar Miller getting off the practice squad <laughs> yeah. coming to the team, too. Because, like, 
that dude knows he's in for it. He's not coming there to do the fancy Camara tiptoe ballerina. He's going to be getting fucking <laughs> annihilated. Because Camara shouldn't be running the ball up the middle. No. Every play getting yeah. hammered. 28 times a game or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, they're going to send Lamar out there to do that. You know, the Latavius Murray, the Mark Ingram, uh-huh. the, that kind of shit. Yes, so you're the bowling ball. Hopefully he doesn't get torn in half for a couple of games. <laughs> it's not a walking dead scenario. Yeah. Um, that'll be, I don't know anything about Seattle this season other than what everybody knows. There's no, there's no Russell Wilson. There is a Geno Smith. Yeah. A little different. Yeah. So it was interesting. They lost in overtime, I believe. I think they lost. It went to overtime. I fell asleep uh, against Pittsburgh. So, Anyway, lot uh, not much to talk about this week with them being off, uh, but you know the injury news is definitely the bigger, the biggest storyline surrounding uh, the Saints right now. So we will obviously keep track of that throughout the year uh, and throughout the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, oh, we've got a, a spicy edition of the local roundup. So we've uh, mentioned this fellow before. He's you could say he's been on the podcast before. Sure. Jared Brissett. Oh, man. Our favorite city councilman. He's a councilman who doesn't live by man's law <laughs> or any law. He, This dude, I like him. He's a party dude just like Michelangelo. <laughs> he wants to get fucked up and he wants to drive around. And, and what's wrong with that? If drinking and driving is illegal... Then, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing living in New Orleans? Nerds. Is there a is there a better reason to live in the city than the freedom <laughs> to get hammered, fall asleep at a gas station in Gentilly? This is amazing. <laughs> Everyone in New Orleans gets carjacked every day. <laughs> and this guy falls asleep in his nice vehicle at a gas station. Everybody gets carjacked at a gas station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's correct. This dude's sleeping at the wheel <laughs> at a gas station where he's leaving him alone. I have a f- I have friends that like, you know, they have a f- axe and a machine gun on their back and they're getting <laughs> yeah. carjacked walking to their car. This fucking dope is like eating Rally's fries, falling asleep at the Shell station. People are like, oh, just leave him alone. If you see Jared Brissett, you should carjack. <laughs> you is wake that up. illegal to say? I mean, just, you know, I think. It, Legally uh, carjack him. Wake him up. Tell him to leave the vehicle, please. He'll be so hammered, you know. You can maybe lure him out of the car, you know, like a like a rabbit with a carrot. Yeah, you just lure him out of the car with you know some Bush uh, fresh pants. Yeah, <laughs> and he shit himself the last time or pissed himself the last time. Uh, if they said he pissed himself, that means he shit himself. Yeah, probably. It's yeah. like my my mom said that she made out with Howie Mandel once, and I know that means she had sex <laughs> with Howie Mandel. You always go one lower. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this uh, goober he crashed a city vehicle not that long ago yeah uh and i believe that was on elysian field don't worry he said he would pay the city back for it uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure he, he did I'm, definitely definitely he's also said he was going to go to rehab uh for it i'm looks like that worked just swimmingly uh so congrats <laughs> to the rehab people that uh you fixed jared brissett 
Look, man, like, are there any consequences for this? No. Like, this guy is not going to face a single issue of dealing with this shit. Like, it, it just adds to the concept that if you're here, you can kind of do whatever you want. And it doesn't matter that the city is paying you. It doesn't matter that you're in city-owned vehicles. It doesn't matter that you're responsible for governing the people. Just do whatever the hell you want. No one here cares about anything. I mean, it's 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 so like <laughs> it's just dispiriting, and it's I mean it's hilarious, but yeah. it is also dispiriting. And this isn't. There are arguments that alcoholism and drug abuse, uh, you know, it's a type of disease. Um, you know what's uh, that most diseases uh, don't have is that you can't pay a guy to avoid the disease. <laughs> he could. Easily. He could easily get an Uber driver easily. to keep his disease yeah. from infecting <laughs> the other. a street lamp or somebody crossing the street or God knows what else. This guy got a fucking six week, I'm sure, paid vacation to Oshner's addictive behavior unit in July. Uh, and then he completed 32 community service hours as a volunteer. Unbelievable. You should be. Community service volunteering anyway. Yes. If you're a city Correct. councilman. Is he counting those council meetings as community service? I'm sure. It says the city's <laughs> mass feeding program, although it was not required in his diversion, the statement said. So I bet his 32 hours was him sitting at a phone uh, trying to interview people for the for the food stamp, you're the emerg the D snap yeah, when you tried to call. Yeah, them. he was just picking up, going, "Nope, <laughs> nope." Next. What's that? Nope. All right. Next. Seems like thirty two hours to me. Uh, dude, this guy, man, is anything gonna happen? Two no. DUIs, like the again. You're an alcoholic, whatever, you're damaged. You probably shouldn't be running the city council or, you know, running the treasury of the city council, whatever his job is. That all seems bad, okay? <laughs> but we're going to look past that. If you are too fucking dumb and too irresponsible to be like, I got a DUI very publicly eight months ago. I'm not going to call a $20 Uber and instead I'm going to drive hammered and fall asleep Pass out at a gas station. You're just an idiot. Yeah. You're too stupid to breathe. Like, you, of course you shouldn't be running anything that involves public money. This place is a joke. <laughs> what a moron. I bet He's probably one of the better guys that are in there, you know? Like... If you actually stacked up like who I like and who I dislike on that council, he's probably pretty close to the top of the list. Of being, I, like, he was one of the guys that was like, "Hey, we should probably pay people back for the trash collection we're not doing." And it was if, like, "We should give everyone twenty eight dollars worth of beer." <laughs> <laughs> if if you have a problem and you go and get help, that's commendable. But when your problem is solved by an app yes that yes. children use yes i don't have that much sympathy for you no especially when you have the fucking money yeah it's not the drinking it's the driving also it probably should be the drinking a little bit <laughs> <laughs> like we're just like come on goober get yeah. an uber yeah exactly. that's their slogan that's by the way <laughs> that's uber slogan but uh that'll be our sponsor next week this is <laughs> 
This is like just the fucking whimsical attitude everyone in New Orleans has. To, this man should not be drinking, and we haven't even mentioned <laughs> what he's at Hi Ho Lounge taking <laughs> rock star shots. Go home, man. After like very visibly pissing on himself after DUI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good lord. Uh, you know, there's obviously the other piece of uh, of big local news that came out this week. Uh, in the news, news not sports. Uh, the story on the Latoya Cantrell and the Times Picayune. Uh, it was a doozy in and of itself. I guess it was like a mayoral profile since she's you know going to win another election because she's basically running unopposed because you know we deserve all horrible things that we get in this life for living here. Uh, the story quotes Cantrell as saying to the people who moved that this isn't the quote. It says. Uh, the people who moved here after Katrina should be honest with themselves. And then Latoya herself says, New Orleans might not be the place for you. You get people who love it. You people who don't. You very rarely get someone in between. Uh, so that's just saying, hey, look, if you have a problem with living here, <laughs> that's on you. It's not on me. You moved to this fucked up place. You should you should realize more that you're the stupid one for living here. That's the person in charge. That's the executive of the city being like, you know where you went. It's like if you're flying on Spirit Airlines. Yeah. And the, the flight attendant on Spirit's like, oh, you don't like the flight? It's not very comfortable? Well, you bought a ticket on Spirit Airlines, so. We do like to talk about <laughs> accountability <laughs> on this show. Yes. Maybe Latoya's right. <laughs> I know what I'm doing living here, and I'm still living. I'm on a podcast bitching about this every week. I'm, I'm, I'm the problem. Yes. <laughs> like, you should realize that if you wanted to live in a functional city, you never should have come here in the first place. Like, oh, well, your job was here, whatever. It's like, well, no, you should know. You have to. You can't just move here to, like, live your life with your kids and your wife and your whatever it is. Like, no, no, no. You have to realize that you're moving in to the Loch Ness Monster cesspool pit and that you're just going to have to deal with stuff that no one else in the country deals with. It's like, oh, yeah, you know that giant crater in the road? You know, like, everyone getting carjacked. You know, they don't pick up your trash anymore. There's tires in your street for months at a time. Like, you should just know that that's bad. And if you lived here before Katrina, some reason, you would just know that. And you'd be okay with it. If you lived here, if you were so stupid that you grew up here and then you stayed here, then you don't even think about these things anymore. They just roll off your back. That's kind of her attitude with it. Not like... Uh, if you moved here after Katrina, maybe you thought this was a whimsical, fun place to be. And then you don't quite get how bad it is. This is this argument is just like distills how bad she is at her job that she's like, I'm not going to make this better. This can't be made better. I am running the loony bin and I'm just the guy here. I'm the flight attendant on the spirit airplane. We're going to get to the destination, but you're not going to like it very much. Do you and think, it's your fault. Well, maybe the, the, the way that she could approach this is, yeah, everything here, you know, garbage in the streets, getting carjacked, tons of crime, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you run for city council, <laughs> and then I'll let you get hammered and drive around in a 
SUV that uh, those idiots paid for. <laughs> you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. This is the start of her Joker story, right? <laughs> yes, I was say. This is Arkham she, Asylum. He's about to take a turn. I like I like when a politician's statement is just do it, pussy. <laughs> just what are you gonna do? I know. What are you gonna are you do? You gonna move? You All gonna right. yell at me at the hotel bar? <laughs> I'll have fucking Kimbo Slice knock you out. <laughs> it, it is uh, such a just ballsy move on her part. Love it. To be like, eh, this is not. But you know who this the, is your fault. You know who the competition is? I, I No. There is a man running for mayor, and his mayoral yard signs mm-hmm. are red stop signs uh-huh. that literally say stop on them. <laughs> It says, like, stop and vote for whatever his name is. And he's putting them at, like, intersections. I almost fucking crashed into some guy who stopped at one the other day. First off, it's it's literally illegal. Yes. It's actually illegal. Yes, of course. Second, it's funny. Yes, it's hilarious. Like anybody here stops at stops. I don't know this guy. Well, some people do. I don't know this guy's name. But uh, normally, uh, people would probably fly by them. However, with all the lights out, there have been stop signs, like the little ones they yeah, put on the on tripods the yeah. on the ground. It's red. It says stop. <laughs> and it's an octagon shape. I swear to God, this, I don't know the guy's name. This is absurd. Banana Republic, man. I'm going to run for mayor and have, uh, have signs that say, uh, need a new roof? <laughs> Vote for yeah, both. vote for me. I'm just going to say, you're an idiot. Why not vote for me? Sure. You're stupid. You live here. We're all stupid. We all live here. It's great. Uh, there's uh, one final thing. Um, this is sports related. Coach O going to be out at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, this dude's been having a blast. Yeah, he's been getting after it, it sounds like. I mean, he won a championship. Sure. He's threatening UCLA fans. He's <laughs> Snapchatting with, like, hot blondes in his bed. This guy's having a blast, and I'm here for it. LSU players and coaches saying that they're done with it because he's been bringing girls to practice, <laughs> and, like, they've been running drills with the players that and sounds, stuff. I just don't believe any of that. Yeah? It sounds ridiculous. It would surely have been like Instagrammed or Snapchatted. It would have come out before he got fired. You're going to have a stripper out there running hurdles. Yeah, exactly. It's like this is you think some guy's 12 year old kid is out there like running the the (laughs) drill as the, you know, scout team quarterback. Yeah. And no one would have said anything. An 11 year old gets trucked by Leonard Fournette. Yeah, exactly. Until after he gets fired. It's like, come on, this is a joke. Like whoever's believing this is I, I, I mean. Whatever. The the way this stuff always works is whoever does the firing basically gets to kind of build the story. And in this instance, they kind of built the story, which is that, you know, Coach O was uh, is totally distracted by his stuff off the field and the team. He lost the team due to racial problems. They beat Florida Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. They fixed their entire offense and beat Florida in Baton Rouge, in front of all these people. It's like, did you guys not see it? Did that look like a team that quit? I've watched a team that quit. I watch Tennessee football every year. They quit almost every year. They've gotten every coach fired. 
That's what bad teams do. Like, this is, I'm not saying they should have kept Coach O. I'm fine with them firing him. He clearly, the program was trending in the wrong direction. Except it's obviously a little. I mean, yeah, well, from, yeah, from 2019 to now, yeah, from 2019 to literally anything is going to be worse. Uh, if you're not Alabama, it's worse. So it was a very difficult position for him to be in any way. But this, I found the reporting to be uh, just kind of trying to dig up stuff. And it's like, if it was all that important, wouldn't it have come out sometime before? Other than like on tiger droppings, yeah. wouldn't anybody have reported it through sources at some point during the season when it was clearly he was he was very clearly in trouble? Instead, they wait till the day he's fired, and and that just pisses me off. Yeah. As a reporter more than anything. Yeah, I I don't know about LSU's model of just trying to be Alabama. You know, like the last mile stuff didn't really seem to work out for either team. No. Uh, I mean, for the team or the coach. And uh, the same thing's going to happen here. Yeah. You know, you're trying to be you're trying to be undefeated every single season. That's absurd. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like now. And and look, if Coach O was so bad and he was such an asshole of a person and uh, just this cancer that they couldn't, you know, couldn't keep for another minute. Why did they have to pay him his full buyout? They couldn't get him to settle. Yeah. They couldn't get anything out of him. They had to pay him a full buyout of $19 million. And then you got to go hire another coach on top of that, who in his expectation, if he don't win 11 games a year or, you know, at least 10, he's a loser too, yeah. right? And then how many years do you do that? Coach O lost for two, not two, not two seasons, one and a half seasons he lost for. And they fired him. So is this next guy? Does he get one and a half seasons to lose? Yeah. And the SEC is not getting easier. No. It's only going to get harder. The recruiting's only going to get harder. And Alabama's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, hey, look, losing to Kentucky the way they did is a joke. LSU fans have a reason to be pissed. Losing to, uh, to UCLA that way, that was horrible, too. Like, I get it. But to, to frame it as if the team has no trust in Coach O and they quit on him completely and it's all this, you know, they all hate each other and it's like, well, I watched the game Saturday. I didn't see that at all. So where's that coming from? It would make sense if you had fired him after Kentucky. Doesn't look quite as right when you fire him after this Florida game. Yeah. That takes us into my favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! The worst! The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. Stories, tweets, whatever you got, send them over, Kush at gmail.com. We always appreciate when you help us out a little bit. This week, it's from Newsweek, and our old buddy Florida Man back in the news. Florida Man <laughs> arrested for pleasuring himself with an ice pack in front of first responders. I'm going to deviate a little bit. The term first responder, I first heard it with like 9-11. Yes. It's like, okay, the people that got to 9-11 first. Yes. Now first responder is used all the time. Is it just whoever shows up? <laughs> I was going to say, I, EMS is the first response. Is I think they also call like nurses first responders now. It's just whoever's there. The first responder. So they're if you're in New Orleans, you're lucky to get a responder. (laughs) There's no second (laughs) responder. They're just responders. You think you're going to get a third (laughs) responder? Good luck. 
I went to I went to Carl Malone's Five Eleven store and uh, I bought some, and they were like, "Are you a first responder?" I was like, "Probably <laughs> to something." A Florida man has been arrested for pleasuring himself with an ice pack while first responders were on call to assist him with breathing issues. Wow! On October fourteenth, thirty-year-old uh, Terry Majors of somewhere Florida was arrested and charged with exposure of sexual organs, a misdemeanor. He was released later that day. According to an arrest report, Majors called 911 because he was experiencing shortness of breath. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you, Majors. He was reporting red face and feeling <laughs> awesome. Once the EMT crew arrived, Majors removed his clothing and began masturbating with an ice pack. Jesus Christ. Man. That is bold. So he called them to come. And then. And then he got so excited by the hoopla <laughs> that he pulled out the igloo. I mean, what was the EMS person wearing, though? You know? I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was their fault. <laughs> it's, Whatever BS excuse the guy's going to come up with. Well, normally with stories like this, it's not their first offense. That's true. Recently, Majors was released from jail after serving a one-year sentence on felony drug charges for selling crack to an undercover cop. He also <laughs> served time in the state prison for burglary. How do you... I should have... Every story I read just makes me go, I should have done more crime. <laughs> I don't know how many crimes like the guy just keeps getting out? How do you go to felony a felony charge is one year yeah. i should have done something because <laughs> how many times would you have had to not get caught before you get caught in a similar incident <laughs> on september 14th this man was tased for twerking in front of a police officer during an arrest and charged with a number of traffic offenses is it illegal to twerk in front of the police? Yeah, what is that? What what law is that? I thought this was America. Anti- <laughs> when did they pass anti-twerking legislation? Jeez. How is that illegal? After returning well, to... Well, probably his, they were like, this guy is going to break a lot of laws. We should just arrest him. They pulled him over. He removed a knife from his waistband and threw it into the grass. After returning to his car, Wolf began twerking for the officers, for the officers, not at them. They were, like that's they were, nice, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were the, the, the spectators. Before the attempting audience. to flee and resisted arrest. This guy seems like a real winner. I actually appreciate that he's just, he keeps getting out of jail and being like, well, I'm just going to keep doing insane stuff. This guy reminds me of Terry. From Reno 911. <laughs> this guy might be. I think it is. <laughs> inspired by. <laughs> Terry. Terry. Real name major, apparently. Dude, that is quite a story. It's nice to give the people that listen not just information, uh, but vital information. Yes. If, if you, you get... if Big Frida listens. <laughs> Big Frida, if you get pulled over by the police, don't twerk. <laughs> don't twerk on the office. I, I mean, the, the, calling 911 and waiting for the people to come, and then as they arrive, you start masturbating with an ice pack is one of the most insulting things I've ever heard. 
Yeah, I wonder if it was frozen. You could just have masturbated in the car without involving the... Yeah, you are asking to get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're basically at such a level where you're like, I, I'd like to go back to jail, but I don't know how. Yeah. Well, this would guarantee it. <laughs> there, was, there was no reason to do that. This is, you know, you go to prison for a long time, you get out, you don't know how to function in society anymore. Sometimes, you know, you you turn to Christ, other times <laughs> you turn to a Yeti ice pack. I wonder if it was frozen. Because, you know, you know, it's that like... seems difficult. Yikes. <laughs> like a bag of peas. <laughs> well, I look forward to discovering that guy on my Ancestry.com tree. Just a few branches over. Thanks so much for listening to Polk and Kush. It's always fun. Any like, any subscription, any rating helps us out tremendously. A uh, big thank you to Jansen Patagna at French Quarter Realty and also to DraftKings. If you sign up at DraftKings, use promo code KUSH, K-U-S-H, and they'll get you signed up. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Polk and Kush. I am Andrew Polk. That's Scott Kushner. We'll see you next week. See ya.